Barbecue's our passion, and that's just what you'll get where the Kim Burns is a barbecuer. Tales from the pits. Howdy, welcome to another episode of Tales from the Pits. This is Brian. And Andrew. Okay. Okay. That's it. Thank you for listening. No. No, we've got we've got an episode for you. We've got a pretty fun episode for you. So we uh we recorded this at the Houston Austin Barbecue Throwdown, and uh, it's a little bit of a just a kind of a look ahead and a look back at the year in barbecue with some of our friends in barbecue. Um, we were fortunate to be joined by some of our good friends in the barbecue world, Patrick Hernandez, prolific barbecue eater and friend of ours, and huge supporter of barbecue. Um, Kristen Collins, another huge supporter of barbecue, and. You know, very active in the barbecue world, both uh, helping out barbecue joints and and eating plenty of barbecue. And uh, even uh, Joseph Coyar from JQ's Tex-Mex stopped by and, and chatted with us for a couple of minutes as well. And we just kind of went over a few different topics in barbecue, and um, we'll let you listen to all of their thoughts on it. And then we'll, uh, you know, the same questions we pose to them, we'll, we'll answer ourselves and kind of give our, our take on it. So here you go. Here are our guests, and um, here's some topics in barbecue all right we got a couple of our friends from the barbecue world here and uh, we're just going to talk a, a little bit about what uh what this year in barbecue has been some of their favorite bites uh, a few different few different topics that we'll go over quickly here um first topic is best barbecue item that you've had this year or your favorite doesn't have to be the best it could be a slice of brisket it could be a unique item uh, we'll start with uh, mr patrick hernandez good morning how are y'all doing um, you know, I'm going to have to say best bite so far. I'm loving seeing beef cheek. Um, you know, growing up with Latino background, seeing barbacoa and beef cheek on the menu is, is a welcome addition. Uh, so anytime I see it, I'm always glad to, uh, to try it out. And there's been some really good bites out there, so I'm, I'm glad to see that. And the, the style of barbacoa that's being served today, is that is that harken back to similarity, or is there a little difference in that? You know, I would say there is. There is a similarity. Um, you know, there's a similarity in that that it is barbacoa, but the difference being that smoke aspect. Um, so getting that wood flavor in, in in the meat that you normally wouldn't taste uh, is a, is is really great. Um, uh, as a you know as a barbecue as a as a verified barbecue freak, seeing and and tasting the smoke in the meat is is a, is a welcome addition. I love to see it. Yeah, it's kind of the best of both worlds. It's Absolutely. Texas getting you know united with with the Mexican culture, and it's it's just been a, it, it's been fun for us to see. We've experimented with cooking with it too, and it's it's a lot of fun. We also have another one of our favorite barbecue friends here, Miss Kristen Collins. So, best barbecue bite experience or even type of meat. Probably for me this year, um, I surprised myself. I actually have liked some of the different sausages that some of the, the barbecue places have been coming out with. Um, I know I keep seeing like sausage wars. And so everyone's trying like different kind of combinations with meats. And I know some places are adding different kind of beers to complement the meats and adding cheeses and different spices. And I really enjoy trying some of those different kinds of things. And so you're, you're obviously an avid runner. Um, as far as a lot of the sausages are, at least traditionally, sausages are made with a very high amount of fat. Um, I mean, is that something that you have to struggle with deciding what to eat? Or is it something that you just use as kind of a guilty pleasure? 
<laughs> usually I go out and try to run far distances and then I will go and um, reward myself with the, with the sausage. But I'll, um, if I, if I go by the sausage, like by the links, I'll eat just a couple bites at the location. I'll take, take it home and kind of eat it a little bit throughout the week just to kind of, you know, I guess, you know, spread it out that way. Yeah. Spread the calories that way. And then I don't feel so bad about it. We should point out that, that Kristen and Patrick make us look bad because they prove that you can be in shape and eat barbecue, lots of barbecue. So uh, we have no excuse other than that we're just lazy. Um, so one, one of the other topics we want to go over is, and we don't, our show is never to badmouth another barbecue place, but if you eat as much barbecue as everyone at this table eats, you're eventually going to have a bite or a meal that just doesn't meet the mark. Um, we'll start with Kristen on this one. Kristen, is there particular bite and you don't have to name the place particular bite barbecue item or barbecue meal that just didn't meet the mark for you this year there is um so several weeks ago we went on a little barbecue mission and tried some i guess some older barbecue places and i was surprised i ordered brisket which is usually when i go to places i order brisket i'll order ribs and then i'll try sausage or we'll get turkey or something a little bit more uncommon and so trying the brisket i was really surprised just just how I guess how much briskets come from when I guess when these people were more you know top 50 or you know um, in their their limelight just how much better brisket is these days so um, either that or I guess just my taste buds are a little bit different than what others but it was just it was a I guess just a, like a dry cut of meat um, it just it didn't it didn't you didn't have the rendering it didn't have the the pepper bark on it it just didn't have anything that I actually look for in, in, in my brisket but so I was I was a little bit surprised at that I'm a little bit disappointed I guess you're you're kind of expecting that some of these places would have changed with the times and kind of kept up if you will with with what's current in barbecue yeah I something like that and I know they've got you know a lot of tradition with how they cook their meats and you know so I appreciate that and I guess just some of the newer places now just the things they're doing it's almost like the the older places while they've got their tradition it's like it's like if you're gonna keep up with the, the new people you may have to change some things around as well but you know I guess some people like that style just because it is tradition and they have been around a long time so but my taste buds I definitely like I know what I like, and that was not it. <laughs> there you go. And Patrick? I'd, I'd have to uh, kind of, you know, just springboard right off of what Kristen was saying. And there, there was some places that I tried, um, especially maybe after some throwdown results, that I thought, well, let me go out and try these places. They, you know, I, I must have some different taste buds. Let me go try them out. And, um, you know, especially with some chef background, as they, as they, you know, definitely put out there, I didn't quite uh, feel that they hit the mark. And, um you know, I think that uh, there's definitely a lot of good barbecue in Houston and in Texas. Um, just get out there and try it. You know, my taste buds just did not, uh, as Kristen said, my taste buds did not align with what, what they were cooking that day. It's kind of an interesting comparison. You know, Kristen's angle was in older classic places that maybe haven't changed. And yours was actually some newer places, but yet they haven't they haven't kept up as well. Yeah, and it's also a good point of, you know, competitions, whether that's a barbecue competition or an event competition. There are places that may not always win those competitions that serve great barbecue, and there are places that may or may not be the greatest barbecue that they put out a really good dish on that day. So, you know, just because you win a competition doesn't mean you're great. Just because you didn't win a competition doesn't mean you're bad. So it's it's kind of one of those. That's why it's important to go to the barbecue joints, try the menu, and and, and see what the everyday customer gets, and not just a specific dish that's cooked for one event. You know, because obviously consistency in barbecue is the hardest thing to achieve. And those are the places that, that we like going the most, the place where you know you're going to get really good barbecue every time you go. Um, another question we had is, 
Um, there have been so many different barbecue events. We all go out and just do barbecue trips, barbecue tours. Um, Patrick, what's been your favorite barbecue experience of 2018? It could be an individual meal, it could be a festival, an event. Um, what was kind of your favorite thing that you had the most fun at or the best memories from? Uh, definitely for me, it's going to be the barbecue road trip. Uh, and, and to sum that up, for, for me coming from Houston, it's starting out at Snows. Uh, a morning at Snows is, is unlike anything else. Uh, not only the food, but the people that are around you. Um, it's, it's an experience, and you have to do that. Uh, I would say more than once in your life, you've got to go out to Snows and do that. And from Snows, just that's a springboard to where you're going to go next. You know, whether you're going to go out to Louis Mueller, well, now with Brett's, if you're going to go up to Brett's, um, coming back to Truth, which is always amazing. I love those guys out there. And then, hey, are you going to go into Austin from there, or where are you going to go? So it's um, there's so much good barbecue within a vicinity of a road trip. Uh, it's it's a little harder to make it up to Dallas, and I'd love to to make it out there. But for me, the the memory for me is that. Saturday morning road trip starting with snows can't beat it and, and of course snows opens very early in the morning and, and like you said it lets you get to these other towns that are also open before 11 o'clock we did a road trip yesterday didn't didn't start at snows unfortunately but we had four places before 11 o'clock so you can get these places early in the morning with short lines and all of that and, and you mentioned with snows it's not just the food and it's not just the people cooking the food but it's a congregation for people all over the state and the country. So there's that communal aspect as well of, of meeting people in line while you're waiting. Yeah, I mean, it's it's good to know that we're not the only ones that do that. There are There is a growing number of us that do these things. And, and it is fun. Those, those experiences at Snows, they hit the map, they hit the mark every single time. And, and it's just, it's an experience you can't get anywhere else. And so we'll never stop going to those places. It's, it's some of our favorite things to do. Uh, Kristen, what was, what was one of your favorite memories of the year? Um, I agree on the barbecue road trips. That's been a lot of fun. I know uh, my sister and I completed the, the the Texas Monthly Top 50, and we just had fun making memories going all over the state and seeing different little towns and trying all kinds of barbecue, meeting lots of great people. And so it kind of opened my eyes more to just you know barbecue in Texas and where it's going. And in doing so, um, I started following a lot of barbecue places on Instagram and came across um, some of my good friends from Reveille Barbecue. And so when they uh, were offered an opportunity to participate in the Woodlands Barbecue festival um, a couple months ago I offered to help them at that and so I got to go help them serve um, like the woodlands and serve the Houston area at the barbecue festival I got to meet a bunch of the pitmasters the night before they had a little pitmaster gathering I got to meet a bunch of you know people that I see as you know I, I look up to as you know these these pitmasters who are you know creating these great great barbecue dishes and so to me that was fun it was kind of like a who's who of barbecue in the area and so just being a part of that and, you know, getting to you know serve a bunch of people. And I knew a lot of the people because I'm you know, being from the Woodlands. I knew a lot of people who were at the competition and um, just you know, being in that that whole that whole group of people. was a lot of fun to me. So I know they keep talking about barbecue family and it's very evident, especially when you go to cook offs and you go to like festivals like that. And I think one thing maybe maybe you learn and I don't want to put words in your mouth, but is how much work actually goes into this behind the scenes from these pitmasters just for that few hours that they serve, but there's there's a tremendous amount of effort before and then after as well, right? Uh, totally. So I know just, you know, seeing from some of my friends, you know, they're out there getting the pits ready the night before and they have to, you know, I've, I've seen them when they wrap the meat and you've got to let it smoke for a while, let it sit for a while. And it takes, you know, it's hours and hours. Um, even when they did that, when Reveille had their whole hog event, you know, last month, they were there and we, we went out there on the night before just to kind of watch them set things up. But they stayed out the whole night to get that hog ready for, for service on that Sunday. So just the, the work that goes into, you know, a pound of brisket that, you know, I can 
too. <laughs> it, it does. It, it's a it's a it's like a labor of love. And there's it's it's you know it's you can really tell when you know they, they put their you know heart into it. They they produce some really good food. So it, it's harder and harder to find those off the beaten path spots, those spots that not many people have heard of. Maybe they're not on all of the social media and things like that, but they are still out there. And it's always exciting when you find them. Um, we'll start with Patrick on this one. What's, what's kind of the spot that you think is the most underrated or under the radar, or maybe you think this is really good and people know it, but they should know it even more. And, and it can be more than one. It looked like it looked like already you were struggling as, as to identify a single you, one, it, yeah, but it's okay. Yeah. We don't have hard rules. That's, that's very, very tough. Um, and I hate to just narrow it down to one. I'm gonna, we'll, we'll maybe make it five. All right. Uh, and I'm gonna say that, that my my top five and people will un, you know it's very underrated. You've got to go to Beavers. You've got to go to Beavers. You got to go uh, and see Chef Rosh. He's doing some amazing things. Uh, and the the diversity of his menu, uh, it just surprises me every single time I go there. So you've got to go there. Um, one of the ones from the last throwdown that I've been following and I've been really trying to hit back out to them is Eaker Barbecue. Um, they're in a food truck, and they hit up some different spots. And I, I saw them out here at the uh, Houston Austin Throwdown. Uh, really glad to see them out here uh, and, and kind of seeing what everybody else was cooking. But definitely go out there and see those guys. Uh, Kristen mentioned it earlier, but Reveille, love them. Uh, guys are great. You got to go out there. Those are all really great options. And it just, I mean, the explosion of Houston barbecue is just insane the last few years. And it just keeps going and going and going. And Kristen, what are some of the ones that you feel are a little more under the radar? go with what Patrick's saying too. Um, I know in Houston there are all these new barbecue places that are you know that are coming up. Um, a lot of them are in food trucks and um, for me that's that's tough to go to just because sometimes like if they're food trucks that travel I don't know exactly where they're going to be from time to time. I think like Eaker might be one of those where you know they aren't like at a set location or like a brick and mortar and um, I always just go to my standbys that I know where they're going to be and know what their hours are but um, there are a lot of up-and-coming barbecue places in the Houston area um, which are exciting and I'm excited to try them but then again I always like to compare them to my favorite barbecue places um so another one to me that's underrated i'll go back to i've said them earlier was as reveille barbecue and i think it's just they're they're new um they're out in magnolia and i love what they're doing like they just had consistency like every time i go i just there's something about their barbecue that i i just love um you know i like they they were trying the sausage uh, the sausage idea too for a while and uh, they finally come up with like their street taco sausage which is one of my favorite things now on their menu um but there's they're good guys as well so that's not their full-time job they're just there for the weekends and um so i'd like to see you know hopefully more people will go out and, and try their food um truth barbecue as well i'm excited about them opening in, in houston too i do like the drive to burnham though that's just a fun drive to go out to like their original location so those are those are probably a couple of mine like I said, just some of the smaller ones. Um, I, have, I haven't been to Harlem Road. Like I've met, you know, Chef Ara and stuff at some other events and stuff. I haven't tried his, um, even like Willow's Barbecue too. I haven't tried any of their stuff. I know they're looking at me like I'm crazy. Um, I haven't tried theirs either. Um, so, you know, some of those places I'd eventually like to get to. They're, they're on my list of things to, places to try. So I'll get there one day. But like I said, I just have my favorites that I like to go to on the weekends too. I think it's becoming tougher because there's there's a lot of great barbecue around Texas now, and so, you know, the the idea of a road trip. There was a time when you needed to do a road trip to go get great barbecue, and it's just it's just so much around us. Because I noticed one of the things is both of you really didn't mention a lot outside of Houston, um, other than snows, and so it's it's interesting to see that again we have this problem. There's so many places close by that we haven't been to yet that we want to go try out, and that's that's great. It's it's. It's this embarrassment of riches in Texas barbecue. And so I think it's a really good thing to see, though. 
sort of in that same theme of under the radar, but there's places that we, Brian and I go back and forth about, oh, we need to go here, we need to go here, we need to go back here, back there. Kristen, what's a place that you'd say that you're, if you were to make a barbecue New Year's resolution, I need to go back to this place more in 2019 than I was able to get there in 2018. What, what would be, you don't have to just name one, but what would be one or some of those places? Franklin Barbecue. <laughs> Gotta go back to, gotta go back to Franklin Barbecue. I know there's always a long line, so I always think about that. That I can hit two other places in the time it takes for me to stand in the line at Franklin. But that was good. I, I hit it when I did the top 50, and you know, really liked that place. I, but um, that probably some more of the ones in Austin. It's not too far from us, but you could hit you know three or four in a day. Um, going back up to Dallas and trying. Um, I know like Lockhart Smokehouse is up there. Like I like that one. Um, I know um, Himes got really good. Their um, their burnt ends. They're making burnt ends. Those were really good too. And just to try, like, you know, go back to some of those places as well. And um, I'm trying to think of some of our road trips that we actually took doing the whole top 50. And, you know, um, even going up to, like, Tyler. And um, you've got Stanley's up there. And Stanley's in Tyler, right? Yeah, so that one that one was good. Because we did that one. We did um, uh, Riverton, Riverport uh, out there, too. So just, like, just little road trips and stuff like that. Those were kind of fun. But like um, Andrew was saying, you get kind of stuck. Like, there's so many choices here in Houston and it's just hard to actually you don't have to go that far to get good barbecue these days so but going to get good barbecue in different places does make it more fun that makes makes for more of a, a fun road trip kind of say and you don't have to eat nine or ten places in a day <laughs> no no contrary to our popular belief you do not you can go to a couple of places and then do other things besides barbecue in these towns that's that's a really good way to build a road trip is find a couple other things in the town whether it's a brewery if that's your thing or Antique stores, if you're going to go to Tom Micklewaite's new place in Smithville in a few weeks or months when he opens pretty soon. Um, hey, we got, we, got, we got Joseph Cuellar here, JQ's Tex-Mex. How's it going? We're just doing a little end-of-year recap. Um, we'll, 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 we'll go around. We've got a little space in the roundtable here. Real quick, I know you're running to get out of here and get home. What's a place that you've been to before, but you haven't been there enough and you want to get back more in, 20, in 2019? Other than JQ's Tex-Mex, <laughs> which is doing pop-ups on Saturdays. That's right. That's right. We're at 4J Brewery. Um, if, if I were to pick one place that I definitely need to get back to more, ooh, that is kind of a loaded question. Uh, I would say absolutely, without shadow of a doubt, it's, I know it's probably popular, but I personally, Valentina's, is somewhere that I've only been a couple times and just love so much yeah. that... If I can get there again more next year, man, that'd be great. We were there this morning, and I already want to go back. So yeah. it's it's a great spot, great spot. They do everything well, and they're so creative, and it's it's one of our favorites too. Yeah, absolutely. Them, uh, of course, two M is another place I'd really like to get to more. Just yeah, obviously <laughs> more of the Tex Mex Five, I guess. But um, but it's it's great. It's just the the quality of food that they put out is it transcends just being Tex-Mex or this or that, man. It, it, it's, it's in that sphere of just amazing barbecue. Yeah. It's, and it's a great meal, whether you want to call it barbecue or Tex-Mex. Or that's right. It's just great food. And you don't have to think about it too much. You know, you're going in for, the, for just a, a good experience, something that you're just going to, like if you were going to your friend's backyard to go have a good meal, you know, it's, yep. that's, that's important to me in, in food, you know. Mr. Patrick Hernandez, what's, what's on your list for next year? My list for 2019 is I've got to get out to Grand Prairie and get out to uh, Zavala's. Uh, that's at the top of my list, and right behind it is I've got to get to Heavy Maze. So if I can get out to those two, I'm going to have a great year. Have you been to Heavy Maze? Is I have. I have not. I have not been to their to their to their location. I know it's crazy. 
it's 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 a drive, but it's well worth it. And uh, I'm just trying to find the group to get get in the car with me and go out there. Um, I've been able to make it to a, one of their meetups or at at uh, the throw or at the Texas Monthly, but I haven't actually been able to make it out to them. Okay, so Andrew has this plan. Just so you know, it sounds like uh, you'll be one of the, the the riders along with us. You can leave early enough in the morning on a Saturday. I mean, we're talking Friday night, really, but early enough in the morning on a Saturday to make it there, eat, and then even if you wanted to, come back or maybe spend the night in Austin on Saturday. Um, so there, well, we may throw that challenge to you because it's it's also a place we I, I can't go eat enough at. But yeah, I'll put my hat in the ring for that one. All right. All right. So we got something else to plan for the next year. So. All right, I think we've got one more question on this one. Um, as barbecue keeps, keeps growing, you know, we, we jokingly talk about all these trends in barbecue that we love and that we eat, whether, you know, a couple of years ago it was pastrami, everything's a burnt end, barbacoa is super popular. What do you see as the next trend in barbecue? What do you think next year a lot of people are going to be talking about as a trend in barbecue? We will talk to uh, Mr. Joseph Coyar first. Well, I think, like for us specifically, it's like... Uh, Barbacoa is big, but I think beef cheek is really, like, just sliced. It's really starting to get its own kind of niche in the whole thing, and, like, people are really appreciating it because it's a really savory, nice, fatty cut of meat, and you don't have to just chop it all up, you know, and you can really enjoy it and give it a lot of good flavor, you know. But uh, as far as trends go, uh, again, you know, Tex-Mex is the next trend in barbecue. It really is, man, and... and uh, Hopefully, though, it'll be more of that that Korean stuff coming out, too, that's really starting to hit, you know, and, and then, like, the Szechuan stuff that's really really adding complementary flavors to, to smoked meat. Yeah, and you're seeing a lot of that different ethnic fusion of stuff, as you know, especially in Houston when you've got such a melting pot of culture. You know, Blood Brothers is close to opening, and those guys always bring some sort of influence, some Asian influence into their food, whether the, the Thai sausages that they've, did, they've done recently. and it, they, they do some just incredible stuff. Um, what do you see, Patrick, as, as one of the next trends in barbecue? Well, again, I'm going to have to just kind of carry off where we were going and say it's that ethnic fusion. Uh, whether it be Tex-Mex or whether it be the Asian fusion with, you know, again, there's so much of it in Houston. Uh, and it's so culturally diverse in Houston, you can see so many different sides of it. I think there's going to be more and more fusion with it. If I can see some more uh, scratch-made tortillas on the, on the menu, I'm, I'll be a happy man. And I think obviously you see a lot of that as well, and it and it just keeps to expand. And it's great to see these other influences come in. A lot of nationalities have meats that are cooked, but not necessarily smoked in in long smoked Texas style. So it's great to see that fusion and the variety going around. And Kristen, um, I I see a, a trend going toward whole hogs. Um, like I said, I know Reveille did the whole hog not too long ago, and I know I've seen more and more places um, trying to start up and do the whole hog as well. I think they're doing another one coming up in the new year too, but um, maybe more whole hog. And then um, it's kind of fun when when uh, the different places actually deviate from like their normal menu. So like just the normal brisket and turkey and ribs and they actually have like specials where they maybe do some kind of a like a brisket chili or some kind of a special soup. Um, I know Tejas is now they've got a little market where they actually have like brisket quiche and um, they've got some like little like brisket kolaches. Um, they have a different name for it, but like the little, they like brisket and cheddar kolaches and like pastrami and Swiss kolaches. And so just incorporating like all the, the barbecue, but using different kind of, um, I guess a different vehicle for eating them. So that's been kind of fun too, just to see like the, just the creativity behind, you know, what some of these different places are offering with, you know, the, with the different kinds of barbecue. That's, that's going to be a lot of fun, I think. 
It's interesting because I think if you take the nucleus of Texas barbecue, kind of it's almost like a Venn diagram, right? You have Texas barbecue, you have the fusion, you have you have the uh, you know the sides, and you have like you said even bakery and some of those other influences, and each of those is starting to grow and fulfill in its own environment. I mean, in Houston alone, you have several bakeries and and different donut shops using brisket from Willow or or here and there, and I mean it's. Fusion in Houston is like in Houston is is really taking over. Ramen, uh, sandwiches everywhere. I mean, people are just wanting to put Texas barbecue in anything that they know will complement that that flavor and and those profiles that they're after. And whatever it is that they're trying to collaborate with, man, it's just it's hard to beat a good smoked element in there with you know having not having to fake it with some like liquid smoke or something having true craft barbecue being integrated in mainstream food is it's just it seems like it's really taken off yeah the upcoming barbecue the upcoming year in barbecue is going to be as exciting as any other year in barbecue Uh, and uh, arnis mallory nathan aubrey the rest of the team we're all coming to heavy maze in 2019 we have to but not when there's 10 inches of snow. No, no, no. Once everything thaws out, we're going to come up there. We may have like a church van. Who knows what we're going to be doing, but... We're not <laughs> <laughs> This is Brett. We're not taking a church van. <laughs> we'll carpool, but we're not taking a church van. <laughs> Brian might have enough cars we can string together by that time. So either way, it's going to be a good time, and we'll see everyone soon. All right, so there you have it. There's a you know, big thanks to our, our barbecue guests for joining us on that. We had a lot of fun. Um, we respect we respect their opinions. They, they you know they, we all have opinions. We don't always agree with each other. Me, Brian and I don't always agree with each other, but we we trust the opinions of the people we have on our show as being informed opinions because these people eat barbecue and 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 it means they have a passion for it the same way that we do. Yeah, and it, it's great to talk with people out on the road. Anytime uh, you guys would like to sit down with us, holler at us. If you see us doing a road trip, um, you know, we can't always make side trips and such because we, we run some ridiculous timelines. Sometimes we have less than 15 minutes to deviate off a path. Uh, but if you see us out there, holler at us, talk to us. We love to talk about barbecue. Um, I know that sounds as a shock, but uh, yeah, we do like to talk about barbecue. So why don't we get to some of those questions? Yeah, question, uh, one of the questions that we asked the group that you just heard was the best barbecue item you've had this year. Uh, Brian, you want to go first on it? Well, if I go first, I'm going to pick it, and then you can't pick it. That's okay. I've got two in mind, so. (laughs) I I, I think to me, you know, experience-wise, everything, I really think going to B.E. Scott's is Zach Parker's place. That's one of my two. Yep. And and having the Midlands, I know, I know. again, we talked about it on the show. We said but no, that this whole recap is things we probably talked about on the show. Though, so. <laughs> yeah. But um, it, it was just, it, it reset my expectations for whole hog. And there was some great whole hog on the trip. Do not get me wrong. We had many great whole hog bites on the trip. And Skylight Inn and Sam Jones were at the absolute top of that. But it was just that, you know, that first holy crap you know uh midlands can be so good this whole hog can be so good it, and it was one of our first stops it was one of our earlier stops on the trip but it it absolutely just reset my entire expectations around what whole hog barbecue is and what it can be and so uh, that to me i think resonates the, the strongest single event of the year as far as uh, barbecue experience 
Yeah, and I would definitely echo that. And I won't speak for Jimmy and Terry, but I, I know we all had our, a, a religious experience at BE Scott's. And that, that first bite of hog was, and, and I'm, I'm pretty sure we've said it, it was like having that first great bite of fatty brisket. It was just suddenly yeah, suddenly a bite of, of meat was something different and, and better than you ever thought it was going to be. And so that that was definitely one of the two I was thinking of, and I was going to uh, to use if you use the other one. So since you since you said B.E. Scotts, and I don't want to you know repeat your answer, it's something we had very early in the year. So it, it had many months to to stay up in that upper echelon for me, and it did. The Wagyu Szechuan peppercorn beef rib, Leroy and Lewis barbecue. It was another one of those wow bites and, and I don't know that anyone delivers more of those wow bites than, than Leroy and Lewis does but that that Szechuan peppercorn beef rib was just I mean the, the, of course the beef rib was perfectly cooked and fatty and delicious but on top of that the, the tingly Szechuan peppercorns it was just such a great piece of meat and it, it stuck with me for a long time all year long obviously and so that would be uh, that would be my answer to that question so the, the first answer is you have had a beef rib at Leroy and Lewis. Yes, yes, I have. I have had a beef rib at Leroy and Lewis, I think multiple times, actually. Um, but moving on to the next question, the uh, the worst barbecue item that you've had this year. And this one's going to, I'm going to go first on this. Yeah, I know you're going to take it. Because I, I'm pretty sure we both have the same one because the majority of the barbecue that each one of us eats, the other one's at the same table. So... <laughs> Again, we I have not kept track of an actual barbecue stops we've had this year. Um, but when you eat as much barbecue as we do and you're willing to try as many things as we are, you're, you're going to have some duds. There's just no way around it. Everyone has a bad day. Even really good barbecue places have bad days. And we had a plate of meat and sides from a place. And there was a potato salad which is it wasn't a normal potato salad it was a creative sort of riff on a potato salad and it was just one of the strangest flavors i have ever tasted in my life and i'm a very i'm a a very adventurous eater probably even more so than brian um but we're both we're both pretty open to to different flavors and things like that but it was a very very strange bite of food so much so that i actually couldn't swallow it and it was one of those moments, and Brian and I have had a few of these food moments where we've both taken a bite of something and looked at each other like, oh my God. And sometimes it's an, oh my God, how great is this? And sometimes it's an, oh my God, how bad is this? This was the latter. Um, it just, it was a very strange flavor. It was not a pleasant flavor. And I just couldn't eat it. And so that was my worst bite of the year. Brian, good luck. Yeah, well, you took the words out of my mouth. Uh, <laughs> um, no, it, it was it was a shock, and and it wasn't barbecue; it was a side dish. Um, so you know, I, I don't know if that really counts. Maybe maybe. Well, oh, well, then I could pick one of the meats on that same plate. <laughs> it was um, not a good stop for us. No, no, and and again, we always before we make any kind of firm commitment to our our the way we like or dislike a place. Um, it's at least three stops, and you won't hear us talk about places we don't like. Um, we try not to, so we, we try to try to conceal this enough so that you don't uh, you don't get it. 
I, I'm really having a hard time thinking of another bad bite. I know we've had some. I'm just trying to think of like exactly where it was. I think we've had some pretty nasty ribs um, more than once. Um, help me out. Um, Remind me, because you know I'm forgetful. Yeah, yeah. There, there was one stop on the hog trip that didn't quite hit all cylinders for us. A couple of stops, actually. Well, that was that first one. Maybe. Yeah, the first yeah, one yeah. One of the first ones. We'll just say that. And I guess that was the ribs there. You're right. Um, I have had also had ribs at another place that consistently are just a weird taste. Um, you know, and I, I, it's a pretty famous place too, but. Um, I, I think those are probably my worst ones this year. I mean, every time I think about this, I'm thinking about the really musty lamb ribs we had at one place. That was years ago, yeah. Yeah, it was that years was, ago. That was really bad. Yeah. And, I, and I think about that brisket at that other place that was just <laughs> so bizarre, break disc material. Um, but, and, but those are years ago. That's not this year. So um, it's been a long year, and we try to avoid places that have a chance of being bad these days because our time is so limited. I mean, we just can't eat a lot. But... Um, I, I think I've had a couple of bad rib experiences, more than one. Um, I'm a little disappointed. It, ribs are extremely tricky to finish and to hold. Um, it goes back to one of our favorite bites probably this year. One of them was that the, the uh, Luling City Market in Luling, Texas. Their ribs, because they aren't held, and they were, they were fresh off the pit. Um, and so we've seen ribs where we know for a fact the barbecue restaurant is capable of putting out good ribs. But on that particular day, they were not good. And uh, multiple top 50 places have had that experience with me. Um, but some of the other ones are not. Um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to just keep talking about it, though. <laughs> There's another place um, that had some really bad banana pudding. You remember that one? Was that the same place that had the bad ribs? No, no. It was a place that that's, that's, um, we just popped in for some banana pudding. Oh, yeah. Straight from the box. Yeah, I remember that. That, was, that wasn't that long ago. Yeah. So yeah, those, we've had some bad barbecue bites. Less than we've had in years past, as Brian said, we, we you know we have a pretty good radar for what's good and what's maybe not so good, and so we, we try to stick to places we think are going to be producing quality. But uh, moving on to the next question, um, our favorite barbecue experience of 2018. That could be our favorite meal, our favorite festival, could be a home cook, just our favorite memory of barbecue in 2018. Brian, I'll let you go first on this one. We've had a lot of good ones this year. It's this has been a really year. good year. Uh, both barbecue flavor, both barbecue experience, our own cooking. Um, it, it started the year for me. I, one of the highlights of the year was going to creative sausage making um, with A&M. Um, this is one that's not in associated with Food Waste Texas, but we've also had the immense pleasure of being able to attend. Pick one. We're doing a recap end of year episode. I don't know. I'll give away all of our topics. Yes, yes. <laughs> So we, we've also had another one. Uh, we, we've been out to brisket camp and barbecue camp, which are phenomenal. Uh, but if I had to just pick one, because apparently Andrew's making me just pick one, um, I think Skylight Inn, uh, going to Skylight Inn to me, you know, we were on the high that we had gotten from some of the whole hog barbecue that we had. Um, going into to Skylight Inn, you know, my analogy is it's the Louis Miller of whole hog. Um, the food is great. But the experience adds to that, and it, it, overall, I mean, it just—it's just, it's just a, such a pleasant visit. Um, and I, I, of course, I'd like to do it again. But um, the history, the legendary uh, you know, way that they make their barbecue, 
Um, and then the quality of the food. I think all three things were, were probably my single favorite experience this year. And it's kind of ironic that, that that's your favorite, your most memorable or however I want to phrase it experience, because my favorite experience was basically the day before. And we've gotten to do a lot of amazing things through this show um, and a lot of things that I'm going to remember for a long, long time. And we've had some great conversations, both that you've heard on the air and plenty of great conversations that you'll never hear. Um, and, and it's just, it's one of the joys and the privileges and the honors of being able to, to do this show and, and hear these stories of these people that have such a, a passion and a tradition and a history. And, and for me, my favorite memory is we, you know, we had gone to Sam Jones barbecue the night before we went to Skylight Inn and Michael Letchworth and Sam Jones, uh, co-owners and operators of Sam Jones barbecue were kind enough to, to give us their time and, and, and welcome us. And we were, obviously we recorded a, a two part episode that you can go back and listen to if you haven't with them. Um, and we taught, and as far as that episode was long, it's a two parter of course. Um, but there's so much more conversations that we had with them and with Sam specifically that, that we weren't going to air. We never were going to air. It was, it was just a conversation that we had between people and just listening to Sam's passion and his, his ability to tell a great story and his family's history and legacy and barbecue and what it means to him. And it just, it was, it was one of those things that stuck with me for a long time. It's going to stick with me for a long time. Um, and it was just, it was an absolute privilege to, to be given that opportunity and for Michael and Sam to take that time to, to, you know, to, to let us get to know them and get to know us. And, and we just, we, we had a lot of laughs. We, we talked about serious things and, and a lot of fun. And it was just, it was a great experience. Um, anyone that was in the room and there were quite a few people of us in the room and that, you know, our hog trip had, had a good number of people on it. Um, it was, I hope it was as special for everyone else as it was for me personally, but I just absolutely loved it. And it was my favorite moment of 2018. Yeah, well, screw you. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I'll, I'll tell you this. There, there's so few people in barbecue that I hold in such reverence um, as I do with Sam and Michael. I, I will agree 100% that that conversation, it, it's just amazing. I mean, we've, we've been lucky to sit down and have open conversations with, with some of the people. Not, and we're not talking about shove a mic in front of their face and ask them questions. We're talking about turn the mic off and, and let's just have a good talk and and it's incredibly emotional even to think about this I mean people like you know like Wayne Miller John Miller um, people like Aaron Franklin sitting at brisket camp um, and sitting with Sam and listening to your point Sam is a wonderful storyteller yes and and Sam has a book coming out that you absolutely should be ordering because it is part recipe and part storytelling and you trust me you'll want sam's recipes but you'll want his storytelling even more yeah it, it's um yeah i mean it, to your point I, it it was it was really indescribable to be honest to be sitting in that room even just talking to the gentleman is one thing to be able to talk to the gentleman for the podcast was another thing and then be able to talk openly and honestly about a lot of things um it was a very emotional night I, i'll be honest it, it, yeah. it's the best way i can describe it yeah it's it's one of the one of the many thrills that we've had doing the show and and i i can't yeah i can't say enough about it i loved it it was great and uh 
I don't know that anything will top it, but we've had so many wonderful moments and wonderful guests on the show and so many great conversations on and off the air. So there you go. That was that one. Um, a few more here, and we'll try to wrap this up quickly. I know we're, uh, we're dilly-dallying and running a little long, getting long-winded, which we tend to do, but <laughs> that's that's just us. You know it by now. Eight, you're how many episodes in, people? Come on. Um, most underrated or under-the-radar barbecue, in our opinions. And I'll start with this, and, and I'll say I'll say two for now, and hopefully I don't take the same ones that Brian was thinking of. But I've been beating this drum for a while. I'll keep beating it. Micklewaite Barbecue, Micklewaite Craft Meats, what Tom Micklewaite and his staff have been able to do in this tiny little trailer that, that Tom built is just incredible. I mean, Craft Barbecue, and he's one of the pioneers of Craft Barbecue, from making your pickles, making bread, and the creative sausages, just all of the things that Micklewaite has done. And hopefully if you've listened to our, our interview with, with Tom, if you haven't, it's a really good one. Uh, he's a really interesting guy to talk to. But I know he's number eight on the list, and I know he's he's definitely had a claim over the years. But I also know I can go there at one o'clock on a Saturday and eat, which is very strange because there are there there are places that you can't do that at that have not produced nearly the level of food that Tom has produced. And I, I just it's amazing to me that he is not even more known than he is. Um, and and so Micklewaite would be one of mine. Um, the other th- one that I'll say just real quick, and it's and Allison Cook is changing that, is uh, Willow's Texas Barbecue. Uh, Willow Villarreal is producing some of the best brisket in Texas right now, and uh, he's doing it without much fanfare. Yeah, once again, uh, I hate you. Um, <laughs> no, I'll, I'll just log on to that a little bit to lob on to it, whatever word we want to use. No, Willow is producing some of the best barbecue in the state of Texas, um, out of a little trailer, behind a little bar, um, with a very short line, at least prior to Allison's review. We haven't been out there since, but um, this man quietly is putting out some phenomenal, phenomenal barbecue. Um, go see him. Go say hi. Um, eat the barbecue. Hang out at the bar. It's all good stuff. Um, hopefully, you'll get to catch him uh, at some of the other events that come up as well. But. I think that's number one. Uh, another one, I have to do full disclosure before anything. Um, you know, my son has been working at Reveille Barbecue, um, not since the day they opened, but pretty early on. Um, you know, Reveille Barbecue is owned by uh, Michael Migna and um, James McFarland, and they're doing great, great stuff. Um, I'm, I'm very proud that my son's there. He's He worked previously at, at Tejas Barbecue. Um, he and I are th- very thankful for the opportunity that he had there. Um, and prior to that, he worked at Spring Creek. So um, kind of moving around in the world of barbecue learning. Um, and they've, they've given him the opportunity to continue to grow in his barbecue career. But um, what they're doing there is, is also really special. Um, it's different in some aspects. It, it's still that Central Texas style for the most part. Um, but they're definitely trying to find their hook and their, their angles and their differences. Um, that's one that I, I think is going to continue to grow and, and be on people's radar. Yeah, and that taco sausage is really, really good. Um, Reveille is definitely one to watch and one to be paying attention to. Um, barbecue place that you want to visit more in 2019 than you were able to in 2018. You can start this one. All of them? Does that count? Mm-hmm. Can I say all of them? Because, um, no, I, I, I think, you know, I, I can't put Houston on the map for 
a place that I want to visit more of because that's my own fault if I don't. I don't have an excuse for that. I, I think Austin in general, am I going to have to answer just one place? I don't, I'm not no, going to. You can yeah. I'm, I'm going to say Austin in general. I'd, I'd like to say Dallas. There, there's going to just be too many answers. Um, I, I don't have to. I mean, I'd like to visit Evie Mays and Bodacious more, but I, I've been lucky enough to go more often than you. Haha, <laughs> sucker. Um, because I've been able to find a way to squeeze it into my work travels most of the time. Um, or my casino <laughs> travels out to uh, East Texas Shreveport. Uh, so, so those are those are two that I still would like to see more of. But I think in general, um, I I feel like I'm kind of missing the the pulse and the beat of the Austin barbecue scene because I'm just not able to get up there that often. And I'll say, you know, I'll echo some of that. Um, DFW, we just don't get up to enough. Dallas-Fort Worth area, we do need to get up there more. There are some places that are open, that are opening brick and mortars um, that we definitely need to get out to. Zavala's is a place we definitely need to get to in in the new year. Uh, Panther City is definitely a place we need to get to. And I really want to get back to Cadillac. And, you know, Cadillac barbecues, hours make them very tough to, to get to for us. You know, living in Houston, you know, they're open Thursday, Friday, 1030 to 2, 3 ish. Um, and then the first Saturday of every month. So th- it is limited hours, so it is hard to get to. Um, and, yeah, I can't not say Evie Mays because I, I love Evie Mays. I love everything about Evie Mays. I love their, their story, their passion, their food is incredible. Everything about the place I, I, I just love, and I, it's just so darn far away. But we are in the works on a plan to get us over there sooner rather than later into the new year. Um, so we are going to try to get there just as, you know, as quickly as we can. It's, uh, it's definitely one of our favorite spots. And, uh, you know, our interview with Arnis has been some of the, our listeners' favorites to listen to for a long time. Um, but, yes, Evie Mays is definitely one and Dallas in general. Um, last question. I, I'd, oh, I'd, se- I'd second that. I mean, you know, we like to give Dallas a lot of flack. Um, but yeah, I, I definitely I'd like to get out to Dallas as well because there's places again that have popped up that we just haven't even been to, and it, it's kind of killing us. Um, plus, with this this whole hog thing that we've been talking about so much, Cadillac does whole hog as well sometimes, and so right. that's another another thing that we would like to go out there, not just for Cadillac and not just for whole hog, but um, that's that's an opportunity that we'd like to hit. And the last question, um, our kind of our predictions for barbecue in the new year, what we. What, what do we think will be like the new new trend or new thing or popular thing in barbecue over the new year? Um, I'll, I'll say one and then and then Brian, I'll let you kind of finish it up. Uh, one of the things I think you're going to see more in barbecue. I mean, we've talked about a whole hog, and I do think that's going to continue to grow. And and I know Kristen mentioned whole hog as well. Um, I, I think you're going to start to see more of this multiple location thing that you're seeing. You know, there's been for a long time, and especially in Texas barbecue there's been this romance of you should only have one barbecue joint and it should just be this one pitmaster slaving away for 50 years and cooking it and that's a great romantic story but these people need to make a living and it, it shouldn't be looked upon as a bad thing to have multiple locations especially if you've got the passion and the dedication to quality to where you're willing to you're going to put the right people in the right positions and to run your operation as it needs to be run. I don't I don't think it should be seen as a as a mark against someone if they're opening multiple locations. I mean, and we've started to see that trend. You know, the you know Shane Styles has opened multiple locations. John Brotherton 
you know, Bodacious has always been multiple locations, but you're now seeing Jordan start to try to mold more locations into more of a modern style, the style of barbecue that he was cooking in Moberly. Uh, he's opened Gladewater location now, which um, he's trying to get into that same, that same, you know, threshold. But I think you're going to see more of that in the coming months, years, uh, these multiple locations, because it's a, it's a revenue stream. It's a good way to make money and spread more good barbecue throughout the state. And so um, I welcome it, and I hope, I hope people have an open mind to it and don't see it as a barbecue joint selling out or some goofy thing like that. It's let these people earn a living and still produce good barbecue. It is possible to do that, people. And, and that's not what I thought you were going to say. Um, but I will tell you this, if Heavy Maze opens up even in Dallas, it will give us a lot more visits to Dallas. I, I welcome the, the Robbins family to open a location, preferably, you know, maybe in spring or just somewhere <laughs> like in the middle of me and Brian's house. Or You can open in my backyard. I will allow that. So, yes, please, uh, Mallory, Arnis, if you're listening, please go right ahead. And, and, and same thing with Bodacious. Uh, get, get a little farther down south. Um, you know, I, I love what you guys are doing. And we will continue to try to get there as often as we can. Um, I'm so proud. Proud's not the right word because it's not our business. Uh, but I'm so happy that you guys are starting to expand um, back into your style of barbecue. And, and we love what Gabriel Ritter's doing in Hallsville. But um, I'm really excited to see um, that as well. I'm going to say two things. I'm gonna, I have to get on my soapbox a little bit. I'll say probably the shorter of the two first. Direct heat cooking is really starting to come into its its own thing again and what's different I think than it has been in the past is that um, what you're seeing is you're seeing restaurants and barbecue joints that have offset pits that are adding direct heat um, they're not doing one or the other they're doing both and they're using the direct heat for you know pork ribs are doing direct heat for um, chicken they're doing the direct heat for pork steaks and other items and even ribeyes as Andrew mentioned earlier they're using that as an additional type of smoking device um, Brett's barbecue in Rockdale uh, uh, Brotherton just picked up one Snows has always had one they've had an offset and a direct heat pit and I think you're going to see more of that in barbecue because direct heat provides a different flavor profile and a different texture to the meat that you cannot replicate with an offset pit. Um, I'll let you comment on that before I hit the second. Yeah, no, uh, direct heat, you're definitely starting to see more people experiment with that. And there are certain meats that do take really well to direct heat. Um, yeah, Evan Leroy's been experimenting with some of that too. And I think you are going to see more and more of that you know, in the coming months, years in barbecue. As, as people keep trying to... to add things to their menu and add ways to, to stand out and, and make their, their foods even more unique. So, yeah, I, I definitely agree with that. Okay, and the other one is live fire cooking. And to me, what that means is it means that um, the fire is open air. So direct, even though you're putting coals underneath a direct heat pit, it's inside of a box of sorts. It's not where the coals are exposed to the open air um, and the meat is suspended above it in some form or fashion. Um, I, I think Aaron Franklin's book um, that's coming out this year that is a must buy, um, that, that it's Aaron Franklin's steak book. Um, I think that's just gonna continue to, no pun intended, but to fan the flames of live fire cooking in general. Um, we're, there's a couple of places that we've seen um, in the Houston area that are really exciting. Butcher's Ball had several live fire demonstrations going on out there, and it drew such a big crowd 
um, that that people are really getting interested in it. Um, and then and then the wagon of asado uh, style cooking, which is where they they skewered the the entire uh, goat uh, that pit room was doing. Um, yep. it, it's it's a visual thing. Yes, we live in a visual world. We live in an Instagram world. Uh, but again, it's another style of cooking that you can't replicate with existing pits. You have to use or, or new style pits or whatever you want to call it. But you have to use that traditional style of cooking. And, and I think that's going to continue to grow um, as well as direct heat. But uh, what do you think about Life Fire? Yeah, I think it's it's a showstopper, like you said. It's it's something that's it's it's great to see, and you're even seeing it in fine dining restaurants that have like the Santa Maria grills and you know advertising things cooked on the hearth, and and you're seeing that you've seen it in fine dining, and as you see more people with chef backgrounds get into barbecue, I think you're going to see them incorporate some things that maybe they had in their restaurant lives, and live fire is definitely an aspect of that. And, and like you said, we're, we're, we're constantly drawing different influences in barbecue, whether that's Asian influences fusing with barbecue, Tex-Mex influences, and why not South American influences? I mean, you've got a lot of live fire cooking going on in Argentina and Brazil and places like that. And so it's, just, it's another way to, to merge some of those barbecue worlds together. And so I, I, I definitely think that's going to be part of barbecue going forward. And when you think about barbecue and when you research barbecue, what you'll find is that um, historically barbecue was not in a pit in the earth and ground or whatnot with a giant cow. Barbecue was, in fact, goats and lambs that were skewered over coals and live fire. So it's a true term, true return to that visceral caveman aesthetic. Um, but there's a reason why, because it, it's good and it, it, that smoke hits it differently. So you know direct coals and, and everybody's talked about this when the meat juices come off and it sizzles in the direct coals and it comes up and it adds that flavor um live fire does something similar too it's that it, you you can't replicate without doing it in that method um and so I, I think that's where i think you know those two things are going and, and i agree with andrew on on expansion i think you're going to see more of that as well yeah and then one more thing just in case we actually have any influence in the barbecue world which we don't um, I think, uh, why don't we see $10 brisket become a thing next year? <laughs> I had to try. No. $10 Brahma's hump brisket. There you go. <laughs> so, yes, that, that's kind of our, uh, our, our little predictions for, you know, for next year with our, with our barbecue friends. Again, thank you to Patrick Hernandez, to Kristen Collins, and thank you to Joseph Cuellar with JQ's Tex-Mex. It's, uh, it's been a lot of fun getting, you know, making all these new friends we wanted to have even more people on the show. Timing just got away with us as we were trying to, you know, get everything done. But uh, but we look forward to having more more of our friends on the show um, to discuss topics. We don't want to just ramble about goofy stuff. But if we have real topics and real items to discuss and, and that we think will be interesting to you as a listener, um, we definitely are, are open to having some of the people in the barbecue world whose opinions we respect uh, on to talk about those topics. So, as always, thank you for listening. Follow along at Tales from the Pits on Instagram, at BBQ Podcast on Twitter, Tales from the Pits at gmail.com if you want to email us. Rate us, subscribe to our podcast on your favorite podcast listening app, all that fun stuff. Thank you, as always, for listening, and we will talk with you next time. Out.